Now listen, you rich people. Weep and wail because of the misery that is coming upon you. Your wealth has rotted and moths have eaten your clothes. Your gold and silver are corroded. Their corrosion will testify against you and eat your flesh like fire. You have hoarded wealth in the last days. Look, the wages you failed to pay the workers who mowed your fields are crying out against you. The cries of the harvesters have reached the ears of the Lord Almighty. You have lived on earth in luxury and self-indulgence. You have fattened yourselves in the day of slaughter. You have condemned and murdered innocent people who were not opposing you. Be patient then, brothers and sisters, until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop, patiently waiting for the autumn and spring rains. You too be patient and stand firm, because the Lord's coming is near. Don't grumble against each other, brothers and sisters, or you will be judged. The judge is standing at the door. Brothers and sisters, as an example of patience in the face of suffering, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. As you know, we consider blessed those who have persevered. You have heard Job's perseverance and have seen what the Lord finally brought about. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. Above all, my brothers and sisters, do not swear, not by heaven or by earth or by anything else. Let your yes be yes and your no, no, or you will be condemned. Is any one of you in trouble? You should pray. Is anyone happy? Sing songs of praise. Is any one of you sick? Call the elders of the church to pray over you and anoint you with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make you well. The Lord will raise you up. If you have sinned, you will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Elijah was human just as we are. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. My brothers and sisters, if one of you should wander from the truth and someone should bring bring that person back, remember this. Those who turn sinners from the error of their ways will save them from death and cover over a multitude of sins. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please sit down. Let's just come to God in prayer, shall we? Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have given us this book of James, full of such wisdom and practical instruction as to how to live the Christian life. And Father, we pray now that as we study it together, you'll open our hearts and our minds to understand your purposes for us. Speak to us now, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I wonder if you've ever wondered why answers to prayer can be difficult and elusive. I wonder if you've ever 
in an irreverent moment, wondered whether God might need hearing aids. So our subject this evening is, what makes prayer effective? What makes prayer effective? James 5 and 16 says, The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. And James uses the prophet Elijah as an illustration of effective prayer. So this evening we're going to dip into 1 Kings chapter 18 and see what lessons we can learn from Elijah. As with the previous chapters in James's epistle, it's full of perceptive direction for us. And in these 20 verses, James basically tackles four major issues. Firstly, he addresses the rich, and he prophesies that misery is coming, to, is coming for their oppression of the poor. He accuses them of injustice for unpaid wages, he accuses them of self-indulgence, and he accuses them of murdering the innocent one, Jesus. And he says the end of the rich will end up in misery. They will be corroded by their wealth. And although that speaks to us today, it was primarily a prophecy about what was going to happen in AD 70 when the Romans came and Jerusalem was laid waste. And those who had wealth lost it. And great suffering and hardship ensued. So James addresses the rich. Secondly, he urges patience. In the light of what is coming, do, he says, what farmers do, and that is wait for the right season. And the season he's looking for is the season of the Lord's coming. And as we wait, we are not to grumble. We're not to grumble about each other. And we're to do as Job did, which is to persevere. Difficult times were coming for the people to whom James was writing. And difficult times can cause God's people to turn on each other, as Israel did, if you remember, turning on Moses in the wilderness. But God looks at us and sees how we respond to adversity. So James' advice to us is, wait patiently in adversity. The third thing he then addresses is restoration. He urges us to restore the wanderers in verse 19, to keep watch over each other's souls and to bring back the lost sheep, those who have lost their way. And fourthly, and this is where we're going to spend our time this evening, James encourages us to pray effectively. I want you to want to read some of these verses, verses 13 to 18, but I want to read them to you from the version of the message. It reads, Are you hurting? Pray. Do you feel great? Sing. Are you sick? Call the church leaders together to pray and anoint you with oil in the name of the Lord. Believing prayer will heal you, and Jesus will put you on your feet. And if you've sinned, you'll be forgiven, healed inside and out. Make this your common practice. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you can live together whole and healed. And here is our text. The prayer of a person living right with God is something powerful 
to be reckoned with. Elijah, for instance, human just like us, prayed that it wouldn't rain, and it didn't. Not a drop for three and a half years. Then he prayed that it would rain, and it did. The showers came and everything started to grow again. So what basically James is saying here is pray. Pray in times of trouble. Pray in times of happiness. Pray in times of sickness. Pray for forgiveness. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. And Elijah is given us an example of praying in faith. James refers to passages in 1 Kings 17 and 18, where, due to God's displeasure, God withheld rain from the land under Ahab's kingship. And I'm going to read you a few selective verses from 1 Kings, just to give a flavour of what he's talking about. 1 Kings 17 and verse 1 says, Now Elijah said to Ahab, who was the king, As the Lord, the God of Israel, lives, whom I serve, there will be neither dew nor rain in the next few years, except by my word. On to 1 Kings 18 and verse 1. After a long time, in the third year, the word of the Lord came to Elijah. Go and present yourself to Ahab, and I will send rain on the land. And then going on to verse 41. Elijah said to Ahab, Go, eat and drink, for there is a sound of heavy rain. So Ahab went off to eat and drink. But Elijah climbed to the top of Mount Carmel, bent down onto the ground, put his face between his knees. Go and look towards the sea, he told his servant. And he went up and looked. There's nothing there, he said. Seven times Elijah said, go back. The seventh time the servant reported, a cloud as small as a man's hand is rising from the sea. So Elijah said, go and tell Ahab, hitch up your chariot and go down before the rain stops you. Meanwhile, the sky grew black with clouds. The wind rose, the heavy rainstorm came on. And Ahab rode off to Jezreel. So what is it that James wants us to learn about Elijah's example as a prayer? Well, there are four things. The first thing is, Elijah, for Elijah, prayer mattered. It really mattered to him. Elijah prayed with his head between his knees. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm not sure I could do that. Head between your knees. Now that is rather uncomfortable. But it was Elijah's way of showing God that he was serious. This prayer he was praying was really serious. Elijah had declared to Ahab that God was going to bring rain. So the stakes were high. So it mattered that rain came. So Elijah was combining two things. The fact that it mattered to him... And the fact that he believed that God would deliver. And he was persistent about it. Seven times he sent his servant off to look for rain. And six times he came back empty-handed. Unanswered prayer isn't going to stop Elijah praying. He's going to keep going until God answers. Because it mattered to him. Second thing that James wants us to see is that he was specific in his prayers. He wasn't, uh, he wasn't ambiguous in what he was praying for. He wasn't sitting there on Mount Carmel saying, God, please bless Israel. Had he done so, how would he ever know if that prayer was answered? He was praying for rain. 
Rain was the prayer, and rain would be the answer. He was specific. And the third thing he was praying for was something that God wanted. Why was he praying for rain? Because it was specifically what God had promised. He was praying that God would fulfill his promise. So he prayed knowing that this was something that God wanted to do. And if you look at the really powerful prayers in the Bible, they all mention, or they they mention one of these characteristics, either that God has made a specific promise, or that what they're praying for is something that God is aiming to do, or that the result of the prayer will give praise to God, or the answer to prayer will affect our witness. So there are those four things. And so when we pray, we need to think about why God should answer our prayers. Why would God want to answer my prayer? If you remember in John 14, 14, Jesus said to his disciples, you may ask ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. And we frequently will finish our prayers by saying, in the name of Jesus, amen. And that's not wrong. But Jesus' name isn't a password that somehow unlocks the kingdom of heaven. When we say we ask something in Jesus' name, it means we're asking God to do something that he wants to do. We're asking God to do something that he wants to do. Often when families are in discussion after someone they have loved has died... They will say, oh, he wanted this done, or he loved that music. They are trying to identify the wishes of the person who's no longer with them. So when we're praying in Jesus' name, we are trying to identify what it is that Jesus desires, what it is that he wants us to do. So then, Elijah's prayer mattered, it was specific, and it's something that God wanted to do. And finally, Elijah acted, expecting the prayer to be answered. He behaved like a man who expected answers to prayer. Drought is a terrible thing. We've had three weeks of it and we're complaining. He'd had three years of it. There is a story told of uh, the southern plains in America during the Dust Bowl in the 1930s. And one of the churches that was in the area effective, affected announced a special prayer meeting for people to come and pray for rain. And on the night in question, the church was packed full of people coming to pray for rain. And the preacher stood up and he told them the prayer meeting was cancelled and he told them all to go home. He says, there's going to be no prayer meeting tonight because none of you have come expecting the answer to your prayer. Nobody has brought an umbrella. (laughs) Elijah acted as if the answer to his prayer was coming. He acted in faith. So do we take those principles, the principles of Elijah, the principle that it mattered, that he was specific in his prayer, that he prayed for what God wanted, and that he acted as though God had already answered, are we to take those same principles and apply it to our life, And our prayers. And the answer is yes, we should. Because yes, they do. This is God's word to us. So, where is our disconnect 
the disconnect between those expectations and what we already experience. The prayer of a person living right with God is something powerful to be reckoned with. But there is an extra dimension. And here is the extra dimension. It's not only the way that we pray that's important, it's the way that we live. Because prayer isn't about a formula or a code that needs to be cracked to be effective. Prayer emanates from lives that are aligned with God. We have to pray aright, but we have to walk humbly before God. It's not by accident that these earlier verses in James 5 deal with deceitfulness of wealth, injustice, quarrelling, unconfessed sin. These are not people walking before God humbly. These are planks in our eye that blind us in our relationship with God. And that prevents God's blessing flowing through our lives and through our prayers. Last week I got an email from my cousin's son. And he was asking to borrow money from his grandfather's account, for which I'm the attorney. And he was asking if he could borrow this money so he could go to Scotland, to Aberdeen, to a funeral of his friend. A very reasonable request, he would have thought, and I'm sure you would agree. I said no. And I got back a vitriolic response. I then explained to him that he had previously borrowed money and had not fully repaid it. And that he had not answered any of my previous emails requesting explanation or repayment. So I explained that he couldn't live his life ignoring my requests and then expect me to acquiesce to his requests. I hugely simplify that story, but (laughs) I give you that for the purpose of illustration. We cannot ask in prayer things from God having willfully ignored what he has asked of us. That's often the barrier to our prayer. We have ignored what he said. I'm sure you know the authorised version of Psalm 51, verse 17. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart, O God, thou wilt not despise. So when we are fully yielded to him in our lives, and when we pray in line with his heart, then mountains are moved. Miracles are performed, circumstances change, and God is given the glory. Well, may our lives learn that lesson and be so aligned with his life and his heart that we become fertile ground in his kingdom for our prayers, for his work, and ultimately for his blessing. Amen.